1: This is Sean Azzaro, and you are listening to the Reaching for Real Life podcast.
2: Oh, yes, you are. It is the Reaching for Real Life podcast, broadcasting, podcasting from the River City uh, campus, if you will, the real life amphitheater here with Pastor Sean Azzaro. Pastor Sean, a couple weeks ago, you said COVID is over.
1: I never said that. You didn't. I never said that. (laughs) If I did, it was wishful thinking. Correct. Because it appears, uh, well, it's not. (laughs) it's not over at all
2: happy july to you
1: thank you middle of summer here yeah exactly and that's that's the worst part it's like you know we're in the middle of summer you're wanting to be out wanting to be doing things and uh, everybody is having to double down on caution and yeah we're ones who tried to we, we shut down back in march middle of march and april and really tried to do all the proper distancing staying at home sheltering in place and then as things opened up we supported that and things were going really really well we used the amphitheater through may you remember right, that that was awesome and then we moved inside in june and not long after the city started to see outbreaks you know you can say it was just the opening up you all of a sudden also had lots of protests with thousands of people out in the street you and know very very that. close you, you you heard about <laughs> that? are you reading again <laughs>
2: Yes, I am. <laughs> I, actually, I'm reading the uh, the latest book. There, it's called the uh, Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-filled Life. So <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm reading.
1: I think I, I think I talk about it there. <laughs> but anyway, we had you know so there's there's lots of things that contribute. But we open back up, and now everybody's back, kind of concerned, and yeah. we're all wearing masks at at our at our campus. We've been very fortunate. We've yeah. had a few cases, but they weren't traced to our gatherings. From the very beginning, we we're very very careful. But we're now wearing masks, got our staff wearing masks, obviously, uh, you know, in the office. And yeah. anytime you can't social distance properly, we've got everybody wearing masks because what we want to do, we don't wanna have to shut down.
2: And we're it practicing is- practicing it here in this room here, Sean. Oh, yeah. You're a cozy 12 feet away from me right
1: now. And- <laughs> we we moved our setup. I our, know. our setup is usually in a smaller space. We moved it, so we're spaced. We're going to have a guest here in a little bit. Yeah, We wanted to make sure he had plenty of space, and he felt good about that.
2: Good, good, good. Yeah. Do you want to tell us who our guest is now?
1: Our guest is Officer Doug Green of the San Antonio Police Department. Mm-hmm. He's a public information officer. Uh, he's also a very committed believer, and he's a guy who threw this whole kind of – at all the aftermath of the George Floyd killing, he is hes a spokesperson for the San Antonio Police Department. He represents the San Antonio Police Department, and he's an awesome brother.
2: Well, right here on the Reaching for Real Life podcast, right here in the house, so happy to have you, San Antonio Police Department Public Information Officer Doug Green. Awesome. Officer Doug Green, thank you for being here.
3: Thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity to speak and uh, for this space and for creating a space for uh, people to have these hard conversations so yeah well great.
1: we we really do appreciate it doug it means a lot it means a lot and i know you probably uh you probably are doing up quite a bit of this you know probably <laughs> a lot of people wanting to talk to you these days
3: oh yeah having a lot of conversations but that's just uh it's it's what i feel god created me to do is what i love to do i've actually you know it's been a chaotic time but I've been seeing God through all of this mm. and mainly in in conversations that is outstanding. How'd you become a police officer? tell us a little bit of that story you know well, you know uh you know I, I always tell people that you don't choose this profession the profession chooses you okay. uh it's a calling uh it it uh, it takes a special breed of folks uh to uh do this kind of work right. and uh and so uh, honestly, I think it would be just a little bit crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to want to to be a police officer run into the face yeah. of danger. You have your family members at home. You have kids at home waiting for yeah. daddy to come home. And so this is a, a big decision right that you have to make. And you're not just making it on your own. You have to remember that when you're stepping into this profession, your family is stepping in with you. So yeah. you have to have serious conversations with your wife, with your mom, with your dad about uh, about this. But it was just, you know, I look back as far as I can remember – I knew that God had called me to be a police officer. I was just fascinated. And every time I saw a police car mm-hmm. drive by, uh, every time I saw a police officer, uh, whether they're visiting our school or wherever they were, things stopped for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, when you look at your heroes, they kind of move in slow motion and, right. and their in their capes, flapping in the wind in slow motion, <laughs> man, when I looked at these officers, every time I saw them, they were, they were moving. Your officers were way. way better than mine. <laughs> 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 now I, now I grew up in small town, Texas. So, you know, there was, there was, you had a pretty
1: positive view of police officers. I had though.
3: a very, had a- I had a very positive view. And then later on in life, I think I may have been maybe uh 10 or 11 is when it was revealed to me that my great grandmother was the eighth female black LAPD officer. Wow. Really? Your yes. great grandmother, great grandmother. Uh, Miss Odessa Parks wow. uh, was a police officer and uh, she did it for about 10 years and I just hit my ten year mark. Wow! But that that really kind of sparked and confirmed that the calling that I felt in my in my heart to step into this was true. That's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, what year would that have been with your great grandmother? That's
3: forty three to fifty nineteen
1: forty three nineteen fifty three. Man, mm-hmm. L A had lady police officers back in that. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, now you're also an outspoken believer. You've made reference to your faith a couple times even here
3: in the context of our conversation. How would you become a believer? Well, you know, I was, uh, you know, my mom, who I say my first training officer as far as a police officer, as far as a person, as far as a believer. uh, She was committed to having me in church every Sunday. She Mm. uh, was very instrumental in building that foundation. Right. Okay. And like any anybody else, I I strayed to the left, strayed to the right, but uh, always came back. You know, in, in the scriptures, mm. is train up the child the way that should go, right? And they and they and they shall return. And I'm pra- paraphrasing, but you know what I mean. It was yeah. just that yeah. she always had me in church. And I let me tell you, there was m- moments that I was upset because my friends were going out playing basketball <laughs> <laughs> and football and doing all these things, and we were in church all day on Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. And uh, and then we had the brotherhood meetings and. But I I grew slowly in my faith. I was still trying to search for right. that just real tangible, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it really uh, took off when I decided to become a police officer and I stepped into this service of meeting people in crisis. Right. That's when I started to uh, really feel the presence of God, feel the presence of Jesus and experience what he Uh, must have experienced when he was stepping into these lives of people who Mm. were just, just chaos and loss and messiness and uh, just trying to bring some sense of hope. And so uh, police work is very much a ministry to me. Yeah. Uh, And that has just really helped me take my faith and my personal relationship to another level.
1: Well, I think a lot of people have a story about how they, especially here in Texas, they grew up in church, you know, we're in the Bible Mm -hmm. belt, you know, some type of church upbringing and, a lot of us have that story of like our moms made us and we were kids, and we were looking for any way out, but whatever, yeah well, then ultimately we get on our own and we get into something that's bigger than us yes and I imagine you know as a police officer, one of the things you 'll probably wear regularly is a bulletproof vest. Mm-hmm. I told our congregation when talking about this, trying to help understand the mindset you know we talked about understanding what the black community is saying through this, and there's there 's something we need to hear, we need to hear what our brothers and sisters are saying. Mm-hmm. But we also need to hear these police officers who get work. I get to put on a short sleeve shirt. They put on a, a bulletproof
3: vest. Yes, and that that in and of itself is a kind of a wake up call. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, when you got Jesus in your heart, this is someone that defeated and conquered death. Right. Who? What should I be afraid of? Who should mm. I, I? mean, I tell you, I mean, I, I throw on that bulletproof vest. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Mm. I'm ready to get out there and serve. It's it's a it's a part of 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 the uniform. It's a part of the the tools. That I have to protect myself and to protect others. Yeah. Uh, and so there's, I have to tell you that for myself and for a lot of brothers and sisters, we step out there with this God given courage, right. Uh, to, to serve our community, even if it means paying the ultimate sacrifice. Mm. But you know, I, I know where, uh, where my allegiance lies and that is with Jesus Christ. He is my heavenly chief. Mm. He knows our calls before we even step out there. He knows what people we're going to come across. Uh, he knows it all, so it just it just makes sense for me and the conversation I'm having with other officers. Check in with your chief on a, your heavenly chief on a <laughs> daily basis. He That's already good. knows. He already knows what you're about to get into. So have yeah. those conversations, and his door is always open. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all respect to my my chief, but he's a busy guy, so you can't just walk into the chief's office and say, Chief, I need to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, well, can we schedule something? No, with 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 your heavenly chiefs, doors always open. Mm, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. Do you have
2: those opportunities then to pray with your fellow officers?
3: Yeah, we do have those opportunities. Uh, uh, every Monday in the media services uh, office, mm. we start off our week with with prayer. Mm. Uh, a lot of the that's roll good. calls throughout the uh, the city, before they step foot out there, mm. are in, engaged in prayer. Uh, all of our graduation ceremonies, our promotion ceremonies, there's prayer. And so, uh, I am, I count my blessings that I'm a part of an organization that still values prayer. Mm. Uh, We do have a chaplain's program uh, that's there for our officers. And so, but there's always room to grow. I mean, a lot of these officers are hurting. Uh, divorce rate is high in the law enforcement field. Suicide Mm. is high in the, in the, in the law enforcement field. And so these, these are a group of men and women who, who uh, answered the call to help others. But sometimes We have challenges on trying to help ourselves yeah, and uh, and we need help. And Mm. uh, San Antonio is just a wonderful city. I love this city. It's it's a city that believes in prayer and we feel those prayers. I feel those Mm. prayers from our community. Well, we are very grateful for what you guys do. We are grateful for the police
1: department and uh, you know, we understand the risk you're taking and I love how your faith, impacts your whole journey. You gave us a little gift here. gave us, <laughs> yeah. and it, Well, it's just a sign of how your faith is kind of right at the forefront. Tell us a little about this. You gave us a very cool T-shirt. To, to talk about the T-shirt. Well, yeah.
3: Well, you know, uh, I've been very uh, involved in uh, the the protests that have been going on, uh, also working with the faith community as far as prayer rallies in the downtown mm-hmm. area, which I'm so grateful for. Uh, we needed to fill those streets, that downtown area, with prayer yeah. and worship. Yeah. And so, when a prayer rally was uh, uh, was being organized, it was organized around the same time that a protest was going on. Right. So the protesters started at police headquarters, and they started to make their way towards Travis Park, mm-hmm. where the prayer rally was taking place. Mm-hmm. And it was all in, you know, God's timing. You know, there was, uh, you know, a few of the, uh, the the officers commanders called me and say, "Hey, Doug, just so you know, we know there's a prayer rally going on at Travis Park." those protesters are heading there right there right now. And I said, perfect. (laughs) I said, perfect. All in the good Lord's timing. And everybody, uh, everybody was cordial. They embraced uh, the protesters. Mm. When they got there, they prayed together. It was beautiful. But uh, before everything got started, while I was out there, I kept hearing no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. And uh, to me, I know certain people who are saying no justice, no peace. They have their own mindset behind it. For me, just based on what I was experiencing, there's a lot of the, uh, high emotions and hatred towards right, right, police right. officers. So I was hearing yeah. a little something different, but I said, man, can we change that, that J word to Jesus, mm. you know, no Jesus, no peace. Yeah, 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 And uh, then this image popped into my head of the, uh, the K N O W right uh, in white letters with the N O highlighted in red. Yeah. And it, and it's, and it uh, just kind of, applies to yeah. what we're going through if if you know jesus you're going to know peace and if we don't have jesus we we are not going to have peace and so i got with a good friend of mine he threw that image on the t-shirt and now you guys get to represent yeah. jesus probably, and we right? will be thank you <laughs> this is
1: excellent and it's a, a next gen t-shirt which is a really nice quality oh yeah <laughs> and i don't know if you're aware of that <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. got to be comfortable Gotta exactly be comfortable. <laughs> exactly well i mean i just think that's awesome um you know, I, I I love that you're hearing that you're and you're dealing with it as an information officer. You're there. Your job is to address. Your job is to help people, but you're doing it with prayer mm-hmm. and the things that are in the forefront of your minds. Man, what can what can Jesus bring into this situation? Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Um, as a police officer who is black, mm-hmm. also, how do you navigate this minefield of you know? There's the Black Lives Matter protests. There's Police reform, the call for police reform, all in the wake of the George Floyd killing. It seems like this huge thing, and you kind of, especially as an information officer, are right dead center in the middle of this thing. Yeah, how do you navigate those those waters?
3: Well, first of all, just again, uh, just remembering who my who my who my chief is, who my yeah. supervisor is. That I am a child of God first, mm. and so I have to have that lens on everybody that I look at. Whether you're a police officer, whether you're black, uh, Hispanic, white, no matter who you are. All right. uh, if if God uh, gives me the opportunity to cross paths with you, uh, I mm-hmm. need to embrace you uh, with mm-hmm. love and understanding. And let me tell you, I saw a lot of that, and I, there was there were some things uh, that were uh, that were that are happening in the black community that upset me. Things that are happening in the uh, uh, and in law enforcement that upset me. But I know amongst the obstacles, there are opportunity yeah. uh, for for God's light to shine. And so what 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 I've been kind of focused on is bringing members of the black community specifically those in the impoverished area of san antonio who right. may have a negative outlook and then bringing police officers mm. and having them sit down at the table and i and i heard you guys mention this on on one of the shows that one of the best things that we can do is listen yeah okay and let me tell you that's what we're doing we're setting on setting up these one-on-ones now town halls are great mm-hmm. but it's it's sometimes it's like somebody gets to stand out there and voice their opinion and then they sit down and then you know, i i don't feel like much is done mm. sometimes. Right. I really feel that a lot of the, the meat of the matter happens when you sit down face to face with somebody yeah. in humility right. and, and listen to what they got to say, even if it hurts. And once they kind of get that off of their chest, you get it off of your chest. Now you have a better respect for one another. Mm. You may still kind of disagree in some areas, but you have an understanding and a respect for one another and you can start to move forward. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to create those spaces as much as I can so we can get into the heart reform. Yeah. Before we get into some policy reform, yes, yeah.
1: yes, yes. um How do you address people who seriously bring up the idea of defund the police? I mean, obviously, please don't <laughs> defund me. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, yeah. just the you know, how, how do you address that? Because you got to have people talking to you about it. Well,
3: you know, just just a few. I really haven't had very deep conversation. I, I think the conversation that I have had is instead of that word defund, reallocate is mm-hmm. is kind of what we've yeah, right. been talking about as. And so reallocating some funds to uh, I mean, let me tell you, in, in, in the San Antonio Police Department, we do a lot of work with kids. Right. Uh, and so, you know, me personally, I'd love to see some more resources to go towards that. Uh, that is proactive policing right there. Mm. That's making our our city safer when we can intervene at an early age yeah. with kids that are, are leaning, going down the wrong path. You know, again, this is this is a ministry and I felt God called this. On my heart early when I became a police officer. Well, first thing I I asked God, God, put me where you want me. But I, I would like to be in that rough area. Mm. Uh and uh, and where there's a lot of challenges and uh and where there's a lot of children that are that are seeking help. And so he answered that prayer and he and he put me in that community and uh and then I just started to drive by the elementary school and mm. said, Why don't I just go and, and hang out with these kids so on my off duty time, right? Talk to the principal, say, Hey, once or twice a month, can I swing by And just read to your kids. And uh, Sean, let me tell you, when I initially started this and walked into that classroom, kids started crying uh, because they thought I was there to take them away. uh, Or I was there to arrest somebody. It was heartbreaking. So it took probably about a year, year and a half of consistently going for them to finally get comfortable. Let me tell you now. When I walk in there, it's it's a it's a bear hug assault out there. Uh, I heard you're throwing money around too, though. I mean, but you know, a little, little bit of money, a little <laughs> bit of candy, you know, that helps. But uh, but see, that's what I'm talking about: investing in 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 people. Uh, my my good friends, Officer Ernie Stevens and Officer Joe Samaro, they're part of our mental health unit. They're a part of this this amazing documentary that's on HBO called Ernie and Joe: Crisis Cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their their uh their saying is: see the person before the problem. Yeah. Right. And so uh and so that's you know just what's what we've been trying to do out there. And that's ministry work as well. No, sure. Seeing is. the person, sure. let's get there, now we can address the problem. And so and and remember when I was talking about compassion satisfaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much compassion satisfaction when I'm hanging out with those kids. Of course. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do, do more officers do that. I, I read about a a whole department that made this thing that, where their officers were just going to go spend time with kids, and here you see officers were mixed race, and but most of the kids in this community were were all African American, and you just you see as this develops, these officers get this affection. They know these kids by name, yep. and you know you have to know that even if an officer did have some weird racial stuff, mm-hmm. he's going to change his view because yep. he met this you know this little kid, mm-hmm. you know, and all of a sudden when he sees a teenager, he doesn't see a potential risk, he sees this little kid grown up. Yeah. Absolutely. You all of a sudden, no matter who it is, they become people yes. to you, not, you know, statistics, not a risk or whatever it is. Yeah. You would think, are, do you know more departments doing that kind of thing of yeah. intentionally kind of interacting like that?
3: Yeah. There's some, a lot of departments departments are out there doing that. And, uh, uh there's a organization here in San Antonio called shields for kids mm. that was started by a retired police officer, uh detective Trini Trinidad. Uh, and so, uh, he gives, Officers the opportunity to go and spend time with kids, go to the movies with kids, mm. uh, and a lot of us we do it on our on our off duty time because yeah. that's how much we care about these kids. And then uh, I know a lot of the safe units, uh, like our East Safe Unit, has taken kids fishing, has taken them to do some some golf lessons, and and there's been officers playing basketball. There's some officers that have opened up boxing gyms,
1: really. And uh, we
3: have a park police officer on the west side that opened up a boxing gym. So a lot of these things are going on. Sean that a lot of people don't know about where yeah. officers say they see the need and they said, you know what? I don't care if, if, if I get paid or not, I'm going to come back on my own time mm. and invest in these kids. And that's the beautiful thing that I love, love about police work. Mm. And, and the majority of this job, yeah, there's the, there's, there's the shootings, there's car chases, foot chases, but the majority of this job is talking yeah. and listening. Mm. There's an officer right now sitting down with a little boy, who's upset, who's been giving mama a lot of trouble, but his father just passed away from cancer. He doesn't know how to deal with that. Mama doesn't know how to deal with it. Who does she call? She Calls a police officer to sit in and have these hard conversations, encouraging conversations. And I've had, I've had the the, the opportunity and the blessing to have many of those conversations and it's just planting seeds again. Yeah. And you have this, this in your heart, you want to save the world. You want to save everybody Uh, But you have to take a step back and say, God is the one who saves. Jesus is the one who saves. My job is to go where he wants me to go. Yeah. uh, Love everybody that I come across and give him a mustard seed. He said, Doug, don't make it complicated. (laughs) Let me do all the hard work, heavy lifting, go where I want you to go. Love everybody and give me a mustard seed. Mm. Let me go to work. Doug, that's so awesome. I just think,
1: man, that is, that's the answer. Because you're changing kids' hearts. I mean, that's that story where you told about the kids being afraid of you at first mm-hmm. and just knowing that that's the paradigm mm-hmm. and to know how their hearts absolutely change. And I think if, if there were more of those kind of interactions where we just really begin to see people, oh, this is someone God created, this is someone yes. God loves, this is yes. someone God has a future for. Yes, And it would change every interaction. You know, when you are actually required to stop someone by the use of by use of force mm-hmm. makes it maybe even a little harder. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. some police officers might be tempted to want to harden mm-hmm. because you have such a difficult
3: job yeah. in that. Yeah. But I still think it would make for better officers. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's 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 something that not just officers but all of us. Yeah. All of us need that. All of right. us need those kind of interactions. Man, I'm to tell you, you know, people ask me all the time, how can we help you all uh, you know, our police department? Well, prayer, definitely prayer, but actually if you really hone in on the gifts that God have blessed you with mm. and don't use them for yourself, use them for others to serve others. Mm. You're actually making our world, our community, a better place, a safer place. And so you're, you're actually reducing crime Yeah, when you use the gifts that God has given you. Mm. And that's how you're helping police officers. And that gives us more opportunity to be more proactive instead of react. Right. Right. Excellent.
1: Uh, how's your wife doing? In this current climate you know I think there's a lot of officers wives who they hear this stuff they see this stuff they gotta be a little bit uh they gotta be praying a little bit harder
3: oh yeah I'm so grateful for uh, my wife Christine she's just been a, a my rock mm. uh, next to Jesus through all of this uh she uh she runs the house
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I don't have
3: to worry about that you know with the three kiddos uh but uh you know uh, she is someone that I can come and talk to she's very supportive and she also has a heart for other police wives as well. Mm. And so she actually had a, uh, one of our new officers, uh, his wife reached out to my wife and said, I-, I need a mentor. I need somebody to help me process mm. this. And so my wife is stepping in there with her and helping her. And so there, th- here, here we go with more ministry opportunities. Yeah. Okay. People sometimes again, forget uh, what about those spouses? What about the kids? How can we serve and help them as mom and dad are out there serving the community? Mm. That's awesome.
1: Well, Doug, thank you so much. How can we pray for you? I want to pray for you before we go. Um, you're you are doing a very unique and strategic work at this time. Yes. How specifically can we pray for you?
3: Well, you know what? The key word that you said is strategic, and the devil can be very strategic, right? He yeah. does, this is spiritual warfare. Mm. Let's let's go beyond all of this. Right, right, this right. is spiritual warfare that's going on, and uh, the devil's not happy. Uh, he knows he's running out of time, mm. and uh, he's definitely uh, you know uh, hitting me. He knows where my weaknesses are and uh he's trying to uh, uh to prevent me from the blessings that God is bringing down the road. And so when I, I know I'm I'm more a little bit more spiritually mature now to know when he's hitting me with these mm-hmm. attacks yeah that something good is coming down the road that he's trying to stop. Mm. And so I just pray that uh, and ask that you pray for me just to to stay honed in and focused on the mission. Yeah. And that I will uh you know not get distracted or deceived. Stay in that word. I think that the, the best weapon that we have is prayer in the Bible. Yeah. You know, I, I'm mm. trying I'm trying now to singing my song. I, I, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to invest in a Bible holster to put in my belt, you know. Hey, if <laughs> you,
1: know. you
3: find it, I want one. Yeah. know, yeah, but but you know, a little Bible holster that we can whip it out and uh and uh and get into some <laughs> scripture. But but yeah, I, I tell you I want to thank your listeners for your your prayers and your support. Uh it's definitely felt Mm-hmm. and appreciated by all of us. Well, awesome. Well, let's take a moment and just pray for Officer Green and and the
1: rest of uh, the folks in the San Antonio Police Department, Bear County. Just uh, They got a big job, and I think it's important that we pray. Certainly. Lord, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for Doug, for his heart, his obvious heart, first for you, Lord, but then for our community. I just pray your blessing on him. I I pray according to his request, Lord, that he would keep his eyes on you I pray that he'd be able to keep his eyes on you and on the mission that you've given him Yes. and on, his, uh, on just his sense of calling. Yeah. I pray for your protection on he, on his brothers and sisters on the force, Lord, he, San Antonio, Bear County, Comel County, all around this area, Lord, all of our police officers. Uh, I just pray that you would protect them. Lord, I pray that the, the, those that are really feeling the stress and the weight of the job would, would get help and I pray that there would be help for them. I pray that you'd help us as citizens to be supportive of their task and to be understanding. It's something as simple as a traffic stop, that we'd be understanding of the things they have to walk into day in, day out, and that we would make that interaction a little bit easier. I thank you, Father, for the time investment, and for Doug just being a part of this, and I just pray your blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Officer, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was great having you. Wonderful. Honored. Honored. Thank you so much for the
2: opportunity. John, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, Officer Doug Green says he listens to the Reaching for Real Life podcast.
1: Well, you know, Baron, I did.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's not alone. There are tens of people who are listening even
2: now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. God bless you. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Hey, if you liked it, uh, like us and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Reachingforreallife.org is our website.